the, the reason being is that I think uh, technology like this comes in in different cycle. Sometimes uh, the cycle is quite long. Sometimes the, the cycle of technology is a very short period of time. And it changes the way that we do things. And this really impacts the way that we, you know, uh, the, the the way that we live and in the way that even we work, even the way that we educate ourselves. J- just take a look at, you know, uh, when we talk about R4.0. So when we are so excited about moving towards this new era of R4.0, which sometimes people tend to uh, have misconception of what R4.0 is because they didn't realize that they have gone through uh, all the three eras before that, you know, what is the era of IR 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0? Or do we, are we really have already passed through all of this era? Are, are, are we still in that old era? This, this mm-hmm. is the one, one thing that we need to ask ourselves too. Yeah. And then before we move even towards this IR 4.0, what actually the prerequisite even before we, we, we really say that, hey, I want to move towards this, this IR 4.0. So if you take a look, what happened is last year, it really wakes us up. You know, this COVID-19 tells us that, hey, you want to move to 4, to 4.0. Do you, do you think that you are ready? You know, yes. uh, uh, do you think that the, most of the, the companies are ready? And suddenly even our education system and our businesses are being impacted because everyone is working from home. Yeah. And when it's working from home, you have to depend on technology, digital uh, technology, you depend on internet, you know, now you see like, you know, be, if not because of Viviona, you know, <laughs> having is uh, getting internet access on the, on the trees, then we, we tend to say that, hey, Malaysia, for example, have 100% internet penetration. Really? We need to ask ourselves, do we really have that kind of penetration? Even, even have, have that kind of coverage, do we really have that kind of speed? So whenever, you know, uh, even internet is set, even when it started off, I think I remember the days when we started off like, you know, it's a modem which like 2.4 kilobit per second. No, even yes, like I remember 300 bit per second, not the least, <laughs> 300 bit per second. And we were very excited at the time, even we can send small data. But yeah, in fact, I, I missed the sound when you try to connect to the internet, you know, like ting, ting. Yeah, the ping, pong, ping, pong. Remember yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. that sound of modem which converts the analog into digital? Oh, and yes. then we get excited. <laughs> Suddenly we get 64 kilobit. Wow, that's fast oh, enough for us to yeah. do, you know, real data transmission. But then to even get a good quality of video, you need to have at least two megabit per second. And mm-hmm. how many of us actually have that kind of speed? Uh, so maybe you know even if you have that kind of speed and on mobile it's so expensive because mm-hmm. the data that you're going to use your data usage is very high uh, using just video alone to have like one one hour or even the whole day of you know consistent video transmission so the only thing that you need to have is maybe a fixed line so mobile have that is one limitation good coverage but the speed maybe is quite limited and the cost is still very high yeah so but indeed because of that we suddenly realized that we have a very big gap big gap in our our infrastructure mm-hmm. we realized that you know uh, things need to be changed so whoever have a good uh, technology like internet access they can sustain themselves so now the business like you know delivery services online food order 
So it becomes a, you know, uh, everyone is purchasing online. So mm-hmm. that is one of the good thing. You know, mm-hmm. previously, uh, you you don't buy things, you know, but now you can buy things from almost everywhere. Lah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so, it's because of the trust. You know, last time before we started to, you know, put trust 100% that once we do the purchase online, then we will receive the item that we purchase. Yeah, you know, so yeah. the, we have that kind of, uh, you know, perception. But now I think it's like there's no longer about uh, trust issue. I think maybe like 10 to 20%. Now that everybody is staying at home, you know, especially at the beginning of COVID-19, you know, everybody start buying things, especially if the household is more than five people, you know, <laughs> like every single minute you'll be receiving all this purchase item. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Dr. Elis, you, you could, I think the, the customer expectations can be becoming higher. Once yes. they make a purchase, they want to know exactly where is the items that they have been purchasing. Yes. Where is it now? I'm buying from China and suddenly it stops in China. So you don't know where, where the location of the items. So yeah, this yeah. is where technology like IoT, for example, tracking the, mm. the, 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 your items from one place to another place consistently, mm. continuously. Mm. You know, every time when we receive a call saying that, are you at home? I mean, the delivery guy says, we didn't realize they already arrived in front of your house. So yes. what if you can consistently, constantly attract your items? Mm-hmm. This is where technology plays a role. But mm-hmm. the customer is becoming, you know, higher expectation in terms yes. of this kind of services. That's true. I so, agree to that. <laughs> yeah. Then, then we realized when we launched, uh, our government just launched what we call uh, My Digital, right? So oh, this yes. is, is, is a program uh, where stating that we need to transform our our whole society, our whole economy into digital. That's that's what is the key in terms of uh, even the era of 3.0. Mm-hmm. We realize that a lot of times our content is in analog form. How many of us suddenly found that we need to convert all our lecture notes into digital form? <laughs> you know, everything is now being recorded. You know, if everything is analog, then it's have a, we have very difficult to exchange information. Mm-hmm. Uh, then once we have that, if the data is huge, then we need that kind of connectivity as I mentioned to you just now. Yes. So we need to transform ourselves, even having digital, but the transformation part where the digitalization part where you, you make that as your workflow. I give an example. When you we, we sometimes when I uh, request for what we could uh, uh, you know to get signed you know, sign your forms and all that. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. a physical form, PDF form, then you still need to sign it analog, then you send yeah. scan it in digital, and then you have to send it back. So it's quite tedious. What if everything is in digital form, you, the digital signature? So it's much mm-hmm. simpler and faster and more efficient. Yes, correct. So now it's like a combination between the old, the old way of doing things and the new things. But digitalization is also about transforming the whole workflow process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so email is one of the things that we are doing now, lah. And and as I mentioned by Joseph, he he he, he coined the term creative disruption. Mm-hmm. So whenever there is new technology progress that comes in, it will impact a lot of people, but only at the expense of a few, lah. So mm-hmm. don't worry. Uh, if you say that okay, I don't want this because it will impact my whole life. It's only a few of you have been impacted, but it will impact better to the lives of other people. The lives of the business. We are we want to move ourselves, you know, uh, forward. So you have seen technologies like this have never been used before. When you know, 
the, the transportation industries have been 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 transformed. Even the lifts now. At one time they use operator to control the lift. Now we don't have that. Everything is automatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I would like to highlight in the IR for consumer is because of the IoT because that's my uh, I love technology like IoT because that's part of my business. But this IoT is not something like we have heard. You know, uh, some of us might heard this only two years or three years ago, or even yes. you know. Uh, but this has been coined by Kevin Ashton, we call who would we call the the father of IoT. That was 1999, mm. 21 years ago or 22 okay. years ago, and suddenly we only heard about this IoT. Now we get so excited. Yeah, Malaysia only know the Malaysians start to Google the word IoT in 2014. Uh, I think because maybe at that time we launched what we call uh, IoT, National IoT Strategic Framework. Uh, mm-hmm. So it plans out uh, the activities in IoT in Malaysia. And then suddenly in 2018, everyone try Google, Google the word IR 4.0. Apa benda ni IR 4.0? <laughs> that is because that end of the year, we launched Industry Forward. Yes. Uh, then we said Industry 4.0. Hey, where are we in 3.0? We didn't realize that we have passed through the 3.0. Just passed through, yeah. <laughs> and then we suddenly with the IR 4.0. So <laughs> then we start to Google and try to understand. So, but we are having the education phase, you know, for IoT, maybe five years, six years down the road. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, it's only the industrial revolution 4.0. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's because of this. If we didn't keep track of the technology that's coming, you know, then we are in a very uh, dangerous situation you know, because companies need to survive. The technology that comes in, they will come in and then they mature, they become asleep. We mm-hmm. have to take that particular wave when it's already at the peak because it will bring you forward. So mm-hmm. a lot of organizations, suddenly they found that I don't want to embrace or adapt this new technology. They become mm-hmm. to become asleep. Every three, three, three to seven years, organizations need to relook themselves and see that whether these new technologies that are coming in can transform their business. Yeah. So you, you just see that technology like internet and digitalization have disrupted a lot of companies, 20 industries in this case, you know, travel agents, trip advisor, eventually replaced by trip advisor, hotel.com, no one's become the travel agent. You text yeah. and content, all this software on text and content, newspaper, everything online, suddenly yes. we launched the magazines. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm not sure whether you have you have newspaper physical one at your home, Dr. Elise. I don't have. <laughs> no, I, I don't have at the moment. But whenever, especially when you travel on the plane, but of course nowadays you don't travel so much on yes. the plane. But usually when you travel on the plane, they will provide you the hard copy of the the. the yeah. I mean, because we don't have paper. internet access on the plane, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the... even my son, you know, he get he get excited when to see the newspaper as in you know hard copy because usually he sees online. So when he says, yeah, I have a copy here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the books that we are buying now, everything online. The hotel that we want to booking, the Airbnb yes. already replaced the new businesses. Yeah, you know, everything autonomous... is at the tip of your finger these days. Yeah. Right. Autonomous car will threaten the job of any any jobs which have drivers. Yeah. 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 Even the pilots. At one time, it's only the pilot that 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 you know uh, fly the plane. But now pilots is for the drones. Mm. So new new kind of jobs is coming in. Yeah. So you, you see that this kind of industries is being impacted because just 
because internet is coming in. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be digital. So, but do you feel that this is now in the era of 4.0? No, all of this being transformed is either the era of 3.0. So what we are seeing now, the era of 4.0 comes in when the internet is being transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, transformed by the way that everything last time is everything on wired, now becoming mobile. Yes. You know, all the knowledge now within your fingertips, you know, easily for you to get access to the knowledge. Then the internet of things, when all the things that you can figure out or you wish that it can be connected to the internet, it can. Your toothbrush can be connected to the internet too. Yeah. <laughs> and some people have made that as a business. They say that, you know, you brush your teeth and you need a, your toothpaste, they will make the order of your toothpaste auto- automatically. And also, yeah, you yeah. Will send this data to your doctor. How often that you brush your teeth? <laughs> Anything is not possible these days, right? <laughs> Anything is not po- impossible these days. Everything yeah, is possible. Everything <laughs> is possible. Yes. So, so a lot of people feel that if this is something that you can do, you can make new products, services out of that. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. So when we talk about technologies, I just focus one thing. It's about the Internet of Things. Mm-hmm. Internet of Things have four main elements or what we call four components mm-hmm. the sensors the connectivity the middleware and the analytics or the applications let me share to you what exactly the sensors in the sensors uh it actually tra- it transformed the analog sensors into digital mm-hmm. the analog sensors the human have how many sensors do this human have six at least Okay. <laughs> I don't know, it's a touch, seeing, feel. Is it that kind of senses you're talking about? Yes, uh, the, the sense of uh, smell, touch, you know. Touch, yeah. But you said six, and right? six is not lima. There are only five. Oh, okay. <laughs> so for I got extra one. So that's why I said when when I said that uh, the woman have six senses, they have the six senses. That's the, the that's other part. Another one the is the other sense. Yeah. The other part of the sense which uh, the men don't have, but the women have. Okay. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have to agree that with you, Dr. Maslai. <laughs> but then, uh, when they transform the analog senses into something digital, like mm-hmm. positioning, your motion, temperature, yes. humidity, gas, there's a lot of sensors that's going to be available. And which one do you think that is going to be more accurate? Analog or digital? Don't tell it. I think the analog one will be more mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah, if I ask you, what kind of gas inside your room now? What kind of gas inside my room? How many percent of the gas is oxygen? Oh, gas. <laughs> oh, what, of what, course, the, that, that will be the digital. Because, yeah. you know, you so, can only do, uh, what we call that, um, estimation, you know, by the feeling. But, of yeah. course, the digital will give you the more exact uh, percentage of the yeah. gas. So, yes, for example, right. if you want to trigger thing, right, you need a quantified value. Just yes. rather than, I think I feel hot, I need to trigger the account. It's maybe not sufficient, you know. When you are certain location, you need to trigger certain thing. But if the location mm-hmm. is the like latitude, longitude, it's much better and accurate. Mm-hmm. Digital sensors in that sense is, is quite better. Lah, kan? Mm-hmm. Uh, but finally, it will use this data to do some decision-making process. Lah. Yeah, I so, think I can give another example, right, Dr. Mazan? Just like you're when you're traveling, you're using you're using the ways and using the map, mm. so it will give you more accurate about the the how how long the distance, 
how long it will take time, you know, this kind of things. Yes. Because it depends on the internet, right? Yes. To, to, to give you so, a... So, so Waze is actually an example of an IT solution. Uh, oh, it has the sensors. Mm-hmm. It, it, it get your location. Mm-hmm. It understand your speed of your car. And mm-hmm. then it, it knows the, the distance that you have traveled. So mm. with that, it will calculate how many minutes that you will arrive, the estimated uh, uh, arrival time, for example, time of mm-hmm. arrival. Yeah. And then uh, after a while, they will know the congestion of that place in a certain period of time. So mm-hmm. they have collected and make a prediction mm-hmm. and tells you before you even uh, take this particular route, it will tell you it's going to take you another 30 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the beauty of IoT. Once you have collected mm-hmm. enough data, you can make that prediction. So, yeah. so in, in your, your phone itself is an IoT device and it has mm-hmm. all the sensors inside that. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine. I think if you have a tool to open up and say that how many sensors inside my phone, you can see there's a lot of sometimes 18, sometimes 20 uh, sensors. Even the magnetic sensors is also there, you know, mm-hmm. that tells you the the earth magnetic field and all that, which mm-hmm. human doesn't have, but yes. the sensors have that. <laughs> okay. And then the connectivity part. It's important to have connectivity because uh, you have got to understand uh, whenever you want to deploy a certain solutions, and then the solutions, where is it located? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't require a very expensive transmission like 4G, 5G, because it's very near. You might have a body area network, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, very small RFID sort of thing, NFC, but you can have a local area network like Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, Zigbee, and then you can go further up where it's, you know, for a wide area network, or you can go up to satellite. So there are many ways, and now there are new technologies for IoT. They have like the NB-IoT, narrowband IoT, they call it, they call it LoRa, they call mm-hmm. it Stickfox. So these are the new technologies, like NB-IoT is being launched by the, the, the uh, telco because it's licensed band. Okay. And the Fox ni being run by it's unlicensed, but it's being run by Experanti in Malaysia. Okay. And then we have the LoRa. Uh, you can deploy yourself because it's unlicensed band. You okay. can in- install your own infrastructure if there is no IoT network. There, the reason okay. in this IoT network is because it is uh, low power and it can the range is very far, but it can sense data very small data lah. So okay. so the range is very far coverage. So the the battery consumption is less. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So you can have a standalone device rather than always to be uh, powered. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, once you have collected the data, you need to do some process or some application. So people build a lot of applications on top of that. Supply mm-hmm. chain, lah, remote monitoring, lah, and mm-hmm. And this data can make uh, analytics lah, if you want to. Yeah? Okay. So as I mentioned just on the day, we jump towards 4.0, IR 4.0, but what exactly this industrial revolution? And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a particular word there, revolution. Kalau tak ada yes. revolution, the line skate. People say, are we evolving or are we revolving? Or, or, are we <laughs> yes. evolve or are we revolve? <laughs> revolution means it must be a very sudden and disrupt change. Very sudden. If evolution is a very slow and gradual change, yes. so we yeah. don't call it industrial evolution. If mm-hmm. we move very slowly in adapting technology, then, then we call ourselves industrial evolution. Okay? <laughs> but if you want to move fast, they must be very sudden. Uh, so you must more aggressive than more aggressive. evolution. Yes. 
you have to take that jump. Mm-hmm. So, for example, IR 4.0. When IR 4.0 comes in, the 1.0 is when the era of using manual and physical tools. Mm-hmm. You know, all this hand. You know, pekerja-pekerja yang labor dan sebagainya. You know. Mm-hmm. And then 2.0, electrical comes in. Uh, you mm-hmm. have good technology. can enhance yes. its factor. Then internet comes in. Automation, electronics, you know, database. And then mm-hmm. the 4.0 intelligence comes in. Data is not everywhere. You can do machine learning, lah, deep learning, and then you can do some big data analytics. You can do prediction, robotics comes in, blockchain comes in. So many, many uh, things are available. So the question is, where are we now? So mm. before, kalau kata, I tanya Dr. Elis lah, you know, I can also ask the, the members out there. Uh, maybe they will ask, uh, tell us, in your country or in our country, which industrial revolution are we in? So tell us, are we, are we in which era? I think or we're still stuck at 3.0 because um, you, when you talk about 4.0, uh, you're talking about big database, you know, and our country is not there yet. I mean, based on my experience working with, you know, all kind of data uh, analysis, yeah. you know, so we're not, there yet but we're heading to that but not there yet so i think no. we're still stuck at in between i think 3.3 okay. <laughs> that's a good guess but yeah. let me ask you this question with this video for example if okay. this person in the factory using machines but still using hands mm. in which era are this person is living in <laughs> okay. i think this is like in between two and three. Uh, no, even physical things. Physical is actually one. Mm. Ah, so when you are doing physical with physical tools, human labor, you are still at 1.0. Mm-hmm. You take a look at this. Oh. <laughs> person is sweeping, but using a... Uh, what was the thing called? Uh, something about board. Yes. Yeah. So... Is it physically this using 1.0, but you know something that is automatically machine that is moving around is running is actually at 3.0 or 4.0. So <laughs> let's take a look at the way that you cook the tillage at home. Okay. If you're still if you're still cooking like this, it's still 1.0. Okay. Okay. For rendang and dodol, yes. <laughs> yes, you're still using. But in 2.0, maybe your oven too, okay, electrical. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. but you have oven which is electronics. You can program it. Mm-hmm. Then you get three point zero. But are we cooking at four point zero when you do a three D printing food? No, we are not there <laughs> yet. So this technology of four point zero, like three D printing, is the four point zero era. Ah, uh, yet we are not three point zero. The way mm-hmm. that we teach, to your class, for example, mm-hmm. using whiteboard, blackboard, and all that, we are still one point zero. I'm not sure whether you still OHP. Transparency and that's two two point zero, but if you're using online the way that we are doing now, uh, okay. we are three point zero. That's good, but are we teaching ourselves using augmented reality, virtual mm-hmm. reality, using teachers? I mean, the, the robots are the one that replace the teachers. That's four point zero. Where are we? Maybe now we are moving towards the three point zero because mm-hmm. and that's what we are teaching now online. Yes, maybe now mm-hmm. the way that we transact. Are we still using physical money? You know, mm-hmm. are we using uh, machines? You know, to do the transaction. Are we using credit cards, which is online now 3.0? Mm-hmm. Or if you're using 
you know, our wearable Apple, Apple Pay, e-wallet, that's 4.0. Mm-hmm. Because everyone is so happy that they are now in the 4.0 lah, you see. Tashengu mm-hmm. lah, Pugret lah. Yes, yes. So, so they are that, that advanced lah. So basically when we ask the industry, they say 2.7 on average. So we are not yet at 3.0 because there are certain places, certain organizations are still in the electrical era. They're not even online. Mm-hmm. And that's the big issue. So yes. the prerequisite to go towards 4.0, you must have the 3.0 first. Everything must be online. Digitization and digitalization. That's important. And we are seeing that a lot of companies have moved forward. But there are companies says that I cannot change my machine. My machine is running 24 hours. If it's not broken, why want it to repair? Kan? That's about mm-hmm. kan? so, yes. so that the problem is they don't want to disrupt the current operations and they just let these operations for another 10 more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what organizations, they have retrofit them with IoT devices and they can measure the machine better. I think because some of them, they still um, you know, have some problem with the the trust issues of you know letting uh, to uh, for example AI to to help them with their daily uh, process you know because mm-hmm. they think like you can't trust the digital you know once it's broken <laughs> then it would disrupt the whole process or the whole change of their working so so those, those kind of things and there are some also I think um, businesses where they think like They don't need digital because they are they are they are doing well at the moment. So I think yes. those, those kind of things that made up their mind not uh, to adapt digital like uh, to to adapt their business into digitalization. Yeah. They, they they feel that they are within the own industry where the yes. whole industry is not moving. Then they feel that they are comfortable. Yeah. But what if one one of the company is disrupting the whole thing and now they can do a lot more than what the rest is are doing. Mm-hmm. So they, they feel uh, uh, in a com- too comfortable within their own zone because they mm-hmm. have not seen others are doing and th- changing yes. things. Yes, and and a lot of times people say that this new technology is replacing them. As I mentioned just now, disruptive change, disruptive technology will change and impact many people, but mm-hmm. only affect only a few lah. Mm-hmm. So will robots replace our jobs? Yes, but not all of our jobs. Okay, mm-hmm. they will actually help us in doing things, you know, customer service like Sofia in SoftBank, you have, hey, so Sofia is the, in the, apa tu, the robot that in the middle tu, yang, mm, yang okay. become the Saudi citizen kan, <laughs> dia nak menakutkan kita that they can become a citizenship, <laughs> but, but then they cannot lah, this is just a robot, but you mm-hmm. see robots that even like Simon, they being fly at the, apa tu, uh, ISS, replace the, the astronauts because, Astronauts take a lot of space inside that room. Yes. So they just use a robot to record a lot of things and to capture uh, information and mm-hmm. also exchange uh, exchange data and sebagainya. Mm-hmm. So robots will replace out some of the jobs, but what kind of jobs that they going to replace? Mm-hmm. So robots ni they can do a lot of things lah, things which is repetitive, things which you don't have the strength to do that, things which is very dangerous and very dirty jobs. Robots can able to do and replace mm-hmm. you. Of course, initially it should be robots, but pe- since robots are not around, they use people to do that. Mm-hmm. Now robots is around, so yeah. they're going to replace that kind of jobs. Do you think engineer will be replaced? Have likelihood to be replaced by automation? So they said no, because engineers have that creativity, design, and all that. 
which robots might not have that capability yet. And then medical practitioners. These mm. are the people who have empathy. Robots doesn't have empathy at all. Uh, yeah. No emotion. So you need to have emotion. Medical practitioners, you are safe. <laughs> Construction worker, I'm sorry. This is going to be replaced by a lot of things. Automation will replace you. Yeah. So these are all the hard work, the repetitive jobs, and you know, in, in tough areas, machines mm. going to replace the construction workers. So if you want to know whether the job's going to replace or you, you just go to this website. And oh, that's ask. very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's very interesting. So. You key in your jobs now okay. or the future jobs you're going to take, whether it's going to be safe enough or not. Okay. So uh, I, I think I will share this with the team members, the, the link to the all the particular slides. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so if this is very difficult and very, you know, uh, seems that you know, everyone should move towards this new technology, but what are actually the barriers? Why is it so difficult for us to move? Mm. You know, there are four things. One, sometimes you need that champion, you need that uh, CEO or the, the top most leaders have that clear vision and mission that they need to champion it. And then there is so many divisions, uh, as, uh, the talent is not there yet. And people are with new technologies, you need to reskill them. And then you, because of the, the, this transformation happened across the whole organization. So you need to have a champion that can break down all this, these barriers. Sometimes the division just don't want to change. Another mm -hmm. division don't want to exchange your data. Another division just want to maintain their old way of doing things. That cannot happen. So you mm -hmm. must have a champion inside your organization to make that change. Mm -hmm. And then finally, it's not about technology. It's the problem. Sometimes it's the mindset. Mm -hmm. Now we are facing with <coughs> different generation of group of people. You have the new generation, which is digital information. You have the old generation, which is the analog thinking. So yes. these are the ones that's going to, you know. Uh, clash. Clash. <laughs> yeah. Clash of the titans. <laughs> you name it. You, if you get uh, your, your new graduates that comes out and wants to work for you, and there is no internet access inside your organization. Yes, yes. I noticed that. Like, you know, it's the end of the world. Once yeah. you say that we don't have any Wi-Fi available. <laughs> And yes. <laughs> you can see the frown in the face. Yeah. That's the first thing they will ask. You know that you know computer, no internet. No, in fact, in fact, when you have guests coming to your house, right? They start asking, you know, uh, do you have Wi-Fi? <laughs> What's the password? Yeah. You know, or not only at the working place, but at home, you know, when you have guests. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened uh, during Raya. Whenever yes. my relative comes in, they will ask yeah. for the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> okay. So why now the IoT is becoming like a tsunami? Because it's very slow last time in 1999 and suddenly mm -hmm. it picks up again and, you know, today. It's because new technologies has come in. Hardware is becoming very cheaper. Cheaper, smaller, connectivity everywhere. You go, you can have access to internet. Software mm -hmm. becoming simpler, sometimes drag and draw. The most law, the, the number of transistors inside your chipset doubles mm -hmm. every, every 18 months to two years. Mm -hmm. The Metcalfe's law effect where Everything is interconnected. Data is always being exchanged and you mm -hmm. can have a lot and tons of data going to be gathered. So the reason why IoT come in place is that it's two things because you want to connect your assets. You want to understand that your, your condition of asset mm -hmm. and the environment that affect your assets. That's why you always have sensors to monitor that. Like sensors that monitor the quality of the goods that you send, you know, if you're logistic, whether you want to maintain the quality. They want to make sure the vaccine is yes. maintained at that temperature and all that. Mm -hmm. If your asset is your health, 
you need to monitor your assets. So using yeah. a wearable device. So you have blood pressure, uh, your heart rate and sebagainya, you can monitor. Your home in asset. Your bus is also an asset. Your parking lot is an asset for the public. You know. Right. So if that is the asset, you need to monitor that. Uh, yeah. Where is it? You know, who use it? When is it? You know, the peak periods on so forth. And if you want to deploy IoT also, that comes in many phases, so the, the maturity phase. Mm-hmm. If you have tons of money, you can deploy autom- the, the highest level of IoT maturity. But yeah. if you don't have enough money, you start small, you can start with uh, the first level, monitor. Mm-hmm. That's the first level. Then control. You put actuators to control it. Then once you collect more data, you can optimize it. Mm-hmm. You have uh, more and more data that's more intelligent that think that the sensors can talk to each other, you can become autonomous. I'll give you an example. If you, in this business, office, the simplest thing is that you want to know the usage of your office. You do a monitoring. Sometimes they put sensors under the desk. Mm-hmm. There's a person inside there, uh, uh, sitting there, they will sense it. Or there is a camera there. So monitoring. But if you want to control, you can do air condition control, remote security control. That's the second level to mm-hmm. actuate it. The third level, you can optimize it so that the room usage, electricity is being optimized accordingly because you cannot maintain the whole big campus. Yeah. And then fourth, you must make it, make it autonomous. When people come in and out, it's autonomously changed with the condition surrounding. So if you're doing, if your asset is, for example, is boat, you want to monitor the location of boat, you know, you want to know, you want to control your boat too, if you want to, you know, and then you want to optimize best route the safe fuel optimize the engine of your boat if you want to become autonomous ships which is very big they can be controlled by self-cruising self-sailing and okay. so it's no human going to take that particular role so it can sail by itself in agriculture you can have monitoring of your big assets of your tractor where they are you know you can make it secure you can control them or you can make it you can optimize the usage of your and do the preventive maintenance rather than schedule maintenance of your big machines, very expensive machines. Or you can make autonomous. Lah. I think mm-hmm. nowadays, it, even you can see uh, tractors can just without any farmer or drivers mm-hmm. handling them. So it's, it's a big change. Every part of these new phases of maturity, it gives you new business opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you can see now technology like this is disrupting the older ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, the technologies like uh, Uber is becoming so destructive mm-hmm. because they say that everyone can become a taxi driver. Oh no, you know it disrupt my Then, yeah. what happened when everyone says, "Hey, now there is this taxi is driverless, <laughs> so there's no more job for me." So the taxi driver, yeah. So it disrupts <laughs> again. You become yes. obs- you become obsolete. <laughs> so, and then. If you look at this automation of cars, there are different levels of automation. You know, you can, the level zero, one, and two is where human take the role of the car, full control of the car, and some uh, autonomous uh, uh, automation is being handled by the car. But three, four, five, if you handle, let the, the car take its role, and you become the, the assistant. Like the one that you, you park by itself, macam kita, proton kita, Maybe mm-hmm. at level three, but level four, the car drives by itself, but the steering okay. is still there. But mm-hmm. level five, you the car drives by itself. There's no steering <laughs> at all. There's nothing. Just a so you're just a passenger at the back. Just a passenger there. 
happily mm-hmm. inside the car. But mm-hmm. it also poses a lot of issue because what happened if Katala, you are taking the level five car, oh. it's very autonomous. When there's something wrong with the car, the car have only make that three decisions. Yeah. Take, turn to the right and hit the children. Turn to the left, hit a group of old men and ladies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you become a hero, you hit the wall. Mm-hmm. So if what happened when you embedded that kind of software inside the car, which decision that this car going to make? So this this is something is also a, a something that we 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 need to think of when we go beyond than just having an autonomous car. So when things like this happen, what is the decision making process? Mm-hmm. And then there is this thing coming in. The flying, the car is not flying. There's not, it's not even an helicopter. It's not even a car, but it's a flying taxi. Mm-hmm. So it poses a lot more challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's that's why the reason that we need this kind of pilot trial to be, you know, done. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand uh, at least four of these factors. One of the factors we not understand is the technology maturity. How mm-hmm. mature is the technology? We want to know, understand whether how the market is going to adopt it. Mm-hmm. Is there a new business model come out of it? And maybe how the government have to react based on their old policies, the old regulatory based on the new technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why the government have this NTIS that tells you if you want to drive a car which is autonomous, you must confine in a certain area. Because mm-hmm. the regulatory says that a car must have four tires. What mm-hmm. if the, the car is, can fly? <laughs> Yeah. Or is yeah. it a plane? Or is it a helicopter or what? Is uh-huh. it aviation or is it transportation? So we have different ministries handling that. So they uh-huh. might have to come together and uh-huh. revamp the whole regulatory. Uh-huh. And that's a pilot. When there's a pilot, you need a license. So uh-huh. what kind of license? Is it the same license as flying a, a plane or a drone, a small drone? Uh-huh. Can, you send, can you send goods using, using drones, for example? It become a postal services. That is only goods, but what if you send people inside there? So mm-hmm. all of these things needs to be uh, figured out. Yeah? We don't want the regulatory to stifle the whole innovation. We want them mm-hmm. to, to encourage people to be, be more innovative. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to ensure that regulation and policy make sure that the, the citizens are safe when using this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not sure. I have maybe a few more more minutes. Maybe after. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. You have 15 more minutes. Okay. Yeah. So I would like to share something which is like the telcos now. Uh, sometimes we found out why the telcos very slow in embracing IoT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. There are a few things. One, one, they see they are, they feel that their legacy business still the connectivity. You know, the mm-hmm. big pipes selling you the package here and there. That's it. So the old habits die hard. It's a SIM card based business. It's a less complex, easy for you to sell because, uh, but you know, uh, but tapi the punya arpu tu, the punya average revenue per user is still slow. So the volume is still small. So they don't like it. They 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 prefer the 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 voice package, and then because the expertise is not there yet, because traditionally they are telco business connectivity, but mm-hmm. IoT is a solution base. So you mm-hmm. need to pack all that that four components I mentioned to earlier. So mm-hmm. they need to do solution selling, manage services. So they have to rethink the way that they their expertise and relearn it. So maybe they need a market partner to do that. Mm-hmm. Then it's mindset blocking because the slow business cycle is slow. It's not like you launch one package, today you have unlimited data, that's it. You know, it's easy, 
But here is a slow business cycle. You have to convince the customer why is it important yes. for you to transform and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. th- that's something that needs to be to be apa kata orang? To be rethink back. Eh? Mm-hmm. That's why they have this pool of skepticism whether is this a good business for them. And they feel that it's going to be, are they going to work something which is on the risky benches? You know, stakeholders mm-hmm. need to see whether the revenue is recurring every month. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Here, the re- re- revenue can be up and down, up and down. So the business is so fluid. Yeah. Uh, so, Dr. Mazlan, um, when you talk about business, I have questions here that, that triggered me. Um, do you think that when there's uh, changes, especially when you want to adopt a new technology, would it... Cost more to the business. I mean, in terms of, you know, spending more money, you know, to 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 get into a new technology. Do you agree to that? Sorry, what do you mean? Um, I mean, for a business, like whenever they want to adapt new technology, it means that they have to spend more money. Do you agree to that? <laughs> Because you know, some okay. business they are they 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 have this mind like I'm not going to spend more money on technology, which is. The, the revenue will be in uh, uh, uncertain uh, to them. Yeah. So some businesses think like, oh, I have to venture into new technology because I need to have uh, more customers, you know, to to expand the business. And it means that I have to uh, ex- uh, to invest more money uh, to buy new technology. So it depends on the business ventures. It depends on your business problem. Mm-hmm. It's not for the sake of, deploying new technology because of the sake of you know uh, just to, to be at the forefront it must solve a certain problem in the organizations so uh, i didn't uh, in not in this presentation but there are seven m's for example in the business that you need to look and see whether this technology can help you first mm-hmm. look at the manpower mm-hmm. second look at the kind of uh, your materials whether you can have you know uh, have just in time material it can save a lot of cost and then mm-hmm. look at the machine You know, look at the the market that you want to attend. Look mm-hmm. at the uh, method that you can reduce, shorten the process. So mm-hmm. if and look at the money that comes come in with new product, and look at the management where they, they can do better decision making with this new data. But if all of this combine and have a, a better ROI, then that's mm-hmm. why you use this new technology. That's why we start small first to mm-hmm. get that understanding of how it impacts. Then you can scale up, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, let me share with you. There are many ways of to to launch this service provider game. The end the end game is to have service provider means that you launch at a service is from device. You have the network to control. You have the platform and you have the application. Everything so you control everything. But as I mentioned to you just now, traditionally the business is not like that. So they don't own everything. So mm-hmm, then they start off with connectivity game lah. They own the network. This is what the telco is doing. But they mm-hmm. work with the partners, the hardware partners, the mm-hmm. device player, and the platform players. And these are the one that go out to the market. They just mm-hmm. give you the package of how many you know you want to connect using which network. I will give mm-hmm. you the package. Or you become the enabler. Enabler means you you own the platform. Then you enable it for other applications. And you just work with the surrounding partners. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you want to outsource the platform to your subsidiary because subsidiary can have a better understanding. They move faster, so you don't catch all the other. So this what been doing. Or the service provider uh, uh, model is where you you provide the whole end to end service. This is the the the, the final game lah. 
Mm-hmm. Either you want to own it or you want to partner with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are the, the the five business models that you can can move mm-hmm. on. Okay. Uh, just few more slides. Eh? Just to share with you. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned to you, there are four. Uh, there are different group of uh, provider or the player, the device, mm-hmm. the network, the platform, the application provider. Mm-hmm. For example, people like us, like Favorite, we are platform provider. So we 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 engage the users to ensure that they can have uh, connect their sensors to okay. on board. Yeah. So if you have data applications on top of that, so many applications, mm-hmm. you can blend the data, you can collect and aggregate on the same platform. So that's what we help them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the architecture of the whole platform. We you can connect uh, sensors, not any sensors that you have, the commercial mm-hmm. ones or the students that they want to use pun boleh, mm-hmm. Raspberry Pi, Arduino. And then there are many protocols that can connect to them yeah, to simplify that kind of connectivity. Okay. Yeah. So we, we, we provide them with a lot of uh, documentation for them to test out. You know, there, there are free versions that you can use to test it out. And once mm-hmm. you, uh, you feel okay, you want to commercialize it, you can go beyond than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we, we encourage this because we want to encourage the whole ecosystem. Okay. That's why we, when we embark this, we, we allow... The, the, the talents to be groomed from the universities, the colleges, you know, mm-hmm. when they're familiar with building the IoT solutions. Mm-hmm. Now we have more than 4,000 developers out there lah, subscribe mm-hmm. to the platform. Uh, 80% from them are from Malaysia. The rest, okay. the 109 countries there. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So you, you can scan it out. I think I will share you the slides that you can become the what we call the generation IoT. Okay. So so we have this issue of, you know, every, every technology sector comes with this Chasm. The people are so excited, the innovators, the early adopters, but then if you don't manage to get that buy-in, you fall into the chasm. And that's it, the product fail, and then mm. it will not pick off. So the moment it picks off now, you become the early majority. But we also don't want you to become the whole, the late majority. When the technology now the, 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 the okay. habis, yeah. new technology that comes in, okay. you become the laggards, the mm-hmm. obsolete. So you obsolete either introducing the net technology or you're, you're obsolete because you your business is not adapting or embracing these new technologies. Okay. So with that, I would like to say thank you very much. Uh, I would like to have these few more minutes to ask, uh, to get question and answers. Okay. okay. Um, thank you very much, Dr. Mazlan, uh, for this very informative uh, presentation. Uh, you have shared so much things, you know, and for me who have... Uh, not much, you know, knowledge on IoT, you know, and uh, digitalization, you know, those kind of things. So I think this opened up the eyes of, you know, there are so much things on the internet, like not just only Google and Shopee and Lazada, but so much other things that that you can use uh, to to expose yourself to the new technology of the world. So um, we have one question here from Mr. Rizal Muhammad. And uh, he says here that based on your present, is the present regulatory environment in Malaysia catalytic or hindering the telco industry players from embracing IoT on a larger scale? Okay, what we are seeing now, I think uh, because of the NTIS, that's the initiative which I feel that the government is not supporting. Initially, it's always piecemeal method. Everyone is trying to push. But because the technology go across many ministries, they have difficulty. Technology providers like us have difficulty to, to convince one invest in one ministry to another ministry. But hopefully with this NTIS, the National Technology 
uh, innovation sandbox mm -hmm. that will help you help us to catalyze and make it faster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, Dr. Mazza, this question is from me. So you yourself are handling um, your in the you are the CEO of Fabric. So your company, I'm sure you have adapt into a new the latest technology, but through your experience, right, uh, with other uh, companies or other businesses, what makes them doesn't want to adapt technology in their business based on your experience? Because it's even because though we are Malaysia heading towards 4.0, but like you say, they're still stuck at two, still at, mm -hmm. stuck at three, you know? What what makes those uh, people, like the top management level people, they don't want change, you know? They're so like, I don't want change. I want to be where I am right now. I, I'm going to stand with my, uh, you know, opinion on this. You know, technology brings disrupt disruption. You know, some of them they think that technology will bring disruption. So, based on your experience, why is that? And you know, this is uh, I think for the audience, especially if they're working in a company and they think they should bring in technology, but the bosses say no, we are not going to take any technology. So, based on your experience that you can share with the audience. One of the things because they, they feel that the ROI, they are not clear about the ROI. Mm. ROI in the sense that, you know, uh, if I spend this amount, you know, when is the ROI? So that's why we, we suggest not to go for a very big scale and spend millions of ringgit or hundreds of thousands of ringgit. You can start small, look at the, the biggest problem statement that you have there and see whether this technology can make an impact. Because if you, without that, you cannot convince your management uh, to move forward. That's one thing. And secondly, they, they feel that uh, they have old processes. They don't want to change that process. And, you know, I give an example. Uh, when you have a certain process, you have certain people that can sign off certain things. Mm -hmm. They are the, the one that have, can feel power, the authority. Mm -hmm. But with yeah. technologies, it can bypass you. So they feel that they are now not being useful and somehow mm -hmm. being threatened by this kind of technology that can shorten up the business process. Mm -hmm. That's why you, we cannot push it from the below part. You need to push from the above part who says that I need to transform my organization. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the third one, maybe the cost is also an issue because the cost is a chicken and egg issue. If you have volume, then the cost can be lower. And if the cost is, you know, because currently now we are so dependent on technology from overseas and all that. The cost can be very high mm -hmm. because of the importing and all that. But if we can do all the everything within Malaysia, we can control our ecosystem on producing mm -hmm. our own technologies, mm -hmm. then it can be faster, can be really customized easily. Otherwise, every time you want to do it, certain things, you need to call them up and it's going to be very expensive. That's why I would insist that Malaysia should become a producer nation. Once you become a producer nation, not just a consumer nation, consumer things from outside, producer yes. nation, then we need people who have the skills and the talents. Then your, mm -hmm. that skills and talent can increase your, your value and increase your value, mm -hmm. increase your salary. So otherwise your salary becoming just low because we are just consumer. Yes. We, just, we don't think new things and we just buy and become a user. So mm -hmm. that will not bring us to another level. You look countries which is very advanced, it's because they produce things and we need that. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good answer, uh, Dr. Mazlan. I think um, the, the, what what is lacking in our country is that the awareness of being, you know, to start something because some of us, I think, they still have this um, sitting in a bubble where they think that to start up something, you have to engage so much things and they, they, they think that they're not ready for that. I think now it's time for Malaysia to, you know, push uh, ourselves to into the next level of, you know, to start something new, to produce more products rather than waiting from products from China. So hopefully we have more made in Malaysia um, in the future, right? Dr. Mazlan? Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I saw that just one, one oh, okay. I, I yeah, saw yeah. this documentary. Mm-hmm. The person and they, they they build a robot in China just within one week because just within that one particular complex, all the shopping mall have all the, the necessary tools, materials mm-hmm. out there. So if we are in Malaysia, can we build a robot just within one week? No, because we have to buy components from many places. Yeah. So we are not that happy. We should have that good ecosystem so you don't have to depend so much from everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, just to comment on that, even at schools these days, they have more innovative uh, competition, you know, among the students. And you can see that how they build up things, you know, I think that's another way of, you know, encouraging more people to venture into innovative and technology, you know, and this is for the future generation. I mean, for now, maybe we don't have uh, people that produce, but hopefully within five to 10 years, we have more uh, new generation that will come up with the new products, uh, venture into technology. Uh, we have another question here, Dr. Mazlan, um, from, still from, uh, is from Mr. Rizal Muhammad. Establishing an IoT conducive ecosystem is crucial. What are some key principles the government should be focusing on in tackling emerging technologies that may be associated with IoT development? I think one of the most important part is allow the opportunity for the local people to showcase their technologies and products. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the time when during the COVID-19 happens and suddenly the government asked all the vendors or the technology providers in Malaysia to show what they have. My question is, why can't they have that database much earlier <laughs> rather than, you know, you have, in the last minute, you're asking everyone to submit your proposal and so on and so forth. But if you have a portal, a, 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 a database that can show all the strength of our own homegrown uh, companies, then it's easier for you to pick and choose certain things. I give an example. When we launched the Industry Forward, they do this readiness assessment for all the SMEs. So now they have done the assessment. Now they want to do intervention. So when you want to do intervention, there must be companies who are who have that technologies to intervene and provide the right solutions. But who are they? Mm-hmm. They don't know who are they in Malaysia. <laughs> That's a big problem. So mm-hmm. we must have that kind of ecosystem. So the government have to help us in terms of that. Yeah. 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 I agree to that. Um, well. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Majlan Abbas, uh, for sharing with us your experiences, your knowledge on IoT. Um, and in fact, uh, we have uh, you again uh, on uh, in webinar this coming Thursday uh, with the topic of harnessing the powers of IoT. So you will be with uh, Mr. YM Chiku Amiriza Chiku Muhammad uh, as the moderator for the session. So, um, Dr. Mazlan, any final words uh, to the audience about our IoT? Um, anything that you would like to share before we end the session? So, one of the things that people will always ask us is how to start your IoT journey. 
that's one of the things. So if you don't have the right skills, then work with a certain organization or you know to, to start off your journey, understanding your problems. And then because it's quite complex, mm. I, I think that's why that my my next webinar will be talking more harnessing the power of IoT where you can even build your own IoT solutions if you want mm. to. So if otherwise you can ask others to do that. Lah. So mm. that's that's how we want to continuously uh, engage with the our public. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Mazlan. It was lovely to have you uh, for this session. Uh, and also thank you to the um, Chemical Productivity Nexus uh, for organizing this uh, and also Malaysia Productivity Corporation. Um, and to the audience, thank you so much for your time, for being with us today. And uh, don't forget to join us again this Thursday with Dr. Mazlan Abbas um, at 3 p.m. on harnessing the power of IoT. So I think uh, that's the end of the webinar. Thank you so much. Stay safe, everyone. Take care and have a great week uh, to all of us. And Ramadan Karim for those who are fasting. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Dr. Mazlan. <laughs>